I live just down the street. I walk to work every day. I hear the whistle. I always know when it's when it's seven o'clock, when it's eleven thirty. You know, that whistle's blowing, and I can hear it. Especially as a well, there's a sense of it has to be done right. It has to be correct. It can't fail, or else people can get hurt. I mean, there's some places where I'm crawling where I'm not always sure I'm going to be able to get out, or if, if I am by myself, no one's going to find me for a while. We can just hope that we have some work here for generations to come. I'd like to get another 26 years out of this place. You know, maybe if I have children, they could work here themselves. Hi, I'm Hopper. And I'm Heather. We are the creators of a project called Southgate Faces, in which we photographed and interviewed 65 shipbuilders at Bath Ironworks in Bath, Maine. This is a podcast about the project. Hi, welcome back to Southgate Voices podcast number two. Hi, Heather. Hi, Hopper. Uh, today we've got Mike the Welder. and Love Mike the Welder. Uh, he was one of the guys who just had a little bit of everything to say about life as a shipbuilder, life um, around the yard. I think one of the things I really like, and we'll hear this, is that Mike, the welder, who's a young man, kind of encapsulates a lot of what we came to discover in doing this project. Yes. I won't give it away yet. Yeah, he was but. concise in his, in his comments and, and a bright guy. Yeah, but also he's this young man who has gotten a job that he intends to keep for yeah. 26 years. This is one of those eye-opening yeah. moments for you and I. This was like This was an aha moment. This was one of the transformational interviews we had. Absolutely. When it's when our own thinking started to change. I just wanted to set up a little bit the um uh the scene again. You and I decide that we want to take pictures of shipbuilders. And I decide that I want them to be studio portraits and that we want to include sound. Right. So we build a portable studio. And we'll talk more about this as we go on. But I just want to set up, set the stage here. Yeah. So we're right outside one of the gates at Bath Iron Works in Bath, Maine, where they're building destroyers. And these are Navy destroyers, big, big warships. And... Um, and we're, we're capturing them as they're coming out for their lunch break. Which is typically a tsunami of working-class guys and a few girls that come out um, to take their 30-minute break. And and we sort of invite them in. And so some people come in and some don't. Well, we drop a spaceship in the middle of their living room and right. then ask them to come in right. and have their photos taken and answer a bunch of questions. Well, here's Mike. Mike, if you could say... My name is Mike. I'm a blank at Bath Ironworks. My name is Mike. I'm a welder at Bath Ironworks. How long have you been here? been here for almost four years. What do you like about it? I like the, how steady it is. I like coming to the same place every day, seeing the same people, you know, and starting to get some ownership and feel a part of something. You know, I really feel like the Peralta was the ship I grew up, cut my teeth on, and I really feel like that's my baby. That's, you know, watching it go down the river, that's... Proud moment. So the Peralta is actually not one of the Zumwalt class destroyers, but one of the Arleigh Burke. Arleigh Burke class, yeah. And so 
um, he, I really loved what he was saying about, and some of this is about the type of guy that he is, right? He's a guy who has made himself at home. He likes the, um, the comfort of the same people in the same place every day. And he's, um, he's put his name on this ship that was Absolutely. Is always going to be his first. Yes. He's never going to forget it. Yeah. That's his baby. It's his baby. <laughs> What's your nickname? Everyone is called me Burgess. To the point where no one even knows my first name. And it's like I'm Batman or Cher or Prince. And I was at a wedding the other day and the bride didn't know my first name. Can you uh, describe what it's like where you're working right now? The, sort of the environment where you're working? Yep, I'm in the, on the tank crew right now. I'm the only welder. So if it's welding being done in a tank, I'm the guy that's on it. To the point where they just come and find me and whatever I'm doing, if I can drop what I'm doing, I'll be the guy in the tank. Uh, what kind of tank is it? What's eventually going to go in the tank? Uh, it could be anything. Right now, I'm working in uh, fuel tanks, but it could be water tanks, ballast tanks, uh, oil tanks, lube oil. It's whatever whatever could go in there is in there. Basically, you got a tank. Uh, he's going to weld it. <laughs> is it important to work with a good crew? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you get you get to stay on one crew for a while. You get to do it. You know, meet the people, know the people. You really you spend more time with these people than you do your family sometimes, and you really can build some friendships. So that's a, a common theme. A recurring theme. Yeah. yeah exactly. that they're spending more time with each other than they are with their own families. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is true for a lot of people in a work environment. But um, in this particular environment, and as Mike goes on to say, it really matters that they're doing the work right. Yeah. And I think they, they become dependent on each other. So like if the, if the one crew comes through and does the wiring poorly. Right. Then the next through that's coming coming through. It's going to pay the price. Yeah. Um, can the work be scary or intimidating? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some places where I'm crawling where I'm not always sure I'm going to be able to get out. Or if, if I am by myself, no one's going to find me for a while. And in a certain, especially as a well, there's a sense of it has to be done right. It has to be correct. It can't fail or else people can get hurt. So that is, um, and, and he'll go on to say his age, but we know Mike to be a young man, right? Mike yeah. is under 30. Yeah. So that's kind of a heavy weight for um, a young man uh, and, and, and to, to carry going into work. And it's more than just, you know, welding tops on bottoms. Like he has this understanding that if that work isn't done well, um, somebody's life might be on the line. And it could be one of his fellow workers' lives, right. or in the future, yeah. uh, a sailor That's right. who is working under that tank right. or what have you in, in the hall. Right. And if, if Mike didn't do it, doesn't do it right, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. not sure the ship sinks, but... But there's gets, a cost. Yeah. There's a cost. Yeah, and so that, that quality piece is an interesting one. Other people alluded to it, but he said it really, yeah. really well there. And well, it's almost... He seems that... Um, type of person that uh, intrinsically understands the value of the work that he is doing, um, both in the broad sense of America, but also in the very sort of micro yeah. sense of um, his safety, the safety of his fellow workers and um, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think the election is going to have any effect on the future of the art. I'd say so. I mean, so what I just asked there was, it was kind of mumbled, but I asked him if I, if he thought the election was going to have any impact on the future of the yard. So we skipped ahead here. Now, this is November 17th. That's right. So the election's already over. By a week or two. Yeah. And I started asking about 
about what they thought the results about the results of the election. I didn't mention um, the this, name of the president. This or, is the 2016 presidential election. That's to right. Be clear. Yes. That's right. This is the 2016 presidential election, and I started asking, "Well, how do you think the results of the election are going to affect affect the yard?" Yeah. And we didn't get a lot of variation in we responses, but um, this was Mike's. Hard telling, not knowing. I mean, we can just hope that we have some work here for generations to come. I'd like to get another 26 years out of this place. You know, maybe if I have children, they could work here themselves. We got to pause it there. You got to pause it there. So this is something from days of yore. This is something from the past that a young man under the age of 30, I think he actually said he was 26. So a young man under the age of 30 gets a job that he would like to to keep. For for 35 years. For 35 years. For the rest of his Mm -hmm. working days, he Mm -hmm. wants to be in the same job and actually hopes that his children can work at this company one day. And this is the stuff of our grandfathers. Yeah, so he's looking at at 70 years of work between... Having landed this job. Yeah. And then passing passing it on to his own yeah. children. He's looking at a seventy year, hopefully a seventy year stint of, right. of his family being able to make ends meet. This is something that's virtually that virtually doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and, and you and I are coming at this from the gig economy, right? right? We do gigs, right? And a gig here, a gig okay. there. Two years in this job, two years in that job. Yeah, or or months. Yeah, and uh, suddenly to be submersed with these guys who have this really long vision and a vision that that I think in the press anyway has has been it's it's been um, declared dead like that these well, this, this doesn't exist that's anymore. right and the other interesting thing about it I think is that um, you know we can ask ourselves not to get too philosophical here but we can ask ourselves what um, if the gig economy, which makes sense as a um, strategy, perhaps, in today's work environment. Maybe. But is there um, a cost of, you know, to the soul, both the soul that, like, the human has in doing the work, but also in the soul of the work itself? Mm-hmm. And so we hear a guy like Mike, who... Um, so clearly has dived deep down into um, this job. It's more than a job for him. It's a philosophy. It's a passion. It's, it's, a passion. it's something he takes a it's tremendous a amount of pride in. And he is going to add soul to this um, particular endeavor as he continues to do it for hopefully the rest of his, his working life. Yeah. And that is, um, there's a depth there that is missing from um, jobs that are held for months to a few short years. Right. Um, some other things about uh, about this kind of job too. Um, they're not moving a lot, right? He's gonna. He might live here for a long, very long time. Right. He's and not bouncing around. Life. Right. So, and that creates a stable community. That's right. And Bath and its environs are pretty stable. You know, we don't have yeah. a tons of people moving in and out. Right. We do have a lot of sailors who come to the ships, move in and out. But generally, this has allowed the population of Bath, Bath Ironworks has allowed the population of the Midcoast mm. and beyond to be stable. Like, right. they pay taxes. Right. You, like, they're in one place, and we can count on them to be here and pay taxes, if nothing else. The, the workers. The workers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whereas, whereas, like, we in the gig economy may not be like that. That's we, right. we may fly in and out. There's also the lack of the building of, um, you know, network and family. 
in the gig economy, right? Mm. So like when you're, I mean, I run into this all the time as a photographer, I will build a relationship with a photo editor and two years later, um, he, he or she is gone. Yeah. Where and so there's no, no, no sense of building that network of that trusted network or family. Whereas here, you know, Mike is going to be there for 26 years. Let's see what else he has to say. I live just down the street. I walk to work every day. I hear the whistle. I always know when it's eight. You know, when it's seven o'clock. When it's eleven thirty. You know, that whistle's blowing, and I can hear it. I got to stop there because yeah. at the beginning of if, of the podcast, we um, have a little guitar riff yeah. that I played. <laughs> and then, ran through, McDonough. then I ran through like a million filters <laughs> on GarageBand. I do that with my photographs all the time. But then we have, <laughs> but then we have, but then we have this, uh, the horn, right? Right. And the horn in Bath uh, or whistle, uh, this can be heard all over town. For miles and miles and miles That's right. around town, depending on the atmospheric conditions or whatever. But, um, it really, and for the work, it kind of sets our time. Absolutely. Right? Well, it's, it gives um, an like an oral piece, oral, uh, you know, oral, audible, audible piece <laughs> to um, of sense of place, right? And yeah. we and we should say too that the yard is a twenty four hour operation. Yeah. So there's the first shift, second shift, third shift, and each horn has um, each like, shift. Each has shift has like um, five minute warning, five, start, break. break. Then Breaks lunch over. break. Lunch oh, break. Oh yeah, break, break over, lunch break, lunch break over. Yeah. So the horns the horns is blowing all the time. Blowing all the time. But it's like it sets your day. But you know what time it is. <clears throat> by the by I the mean horn. at three thirty, yeah. I know that if I haven't left the house, I'm not gonna leave. That's right. <laughs> when I hear that horn blow. And for him to live and for him to live right here, yeah. he was so immersed in bath. Like and hear this whistle that that times his job. Even when he's not working, it's part of his, it's part of the atmosphere that it's he like, lives in. It's like something you hear about in 1915. It right? really it's is. Like, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Kind of like set a time for your life, like sets a tone for your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got the clock tower across one street and then I got the ship's whistle. Uh, anything else you want to say? Anything at all? That's about it. Thank you for your time. Thank you really for your time. Thank you for your time. <laughs> What a polite young man, right? Thanking yeah. us for his time. Yeah. Thanking us for our time mm-hmm. when he has given us, what, three minutes? Yeah. Out of his exactly 30-minute break that he they cannot be a minute late going back to that gate his in portrait, the middle of their work day. What's cool is his portrait also shows all of those all those things he said kind of come yeah. out in his face. That's right. Like he's like, he looks like an honest Guy, hardworking young man who also has in, in the in the portrait, which you should check out on southgatefaces.com. dot com. That's right. And this is Mike Burgess, the welder. Mike the welder. Um, his he's got hope in his face. Yeah. As well, right? Yeah. Like, this a isn't a guy that. Yeah, like this isn't a guy that's worried about a lot. No, he's gotten. He's like he's set up. He's landed himself the job. Yeah, that's the transformation. Of our own attitudes yeah. about these jobs. Yeah, this was an eye-opening moment for us when we realized, oh, he he wanted this, this and is he a, got yeah. it, and he's now he's set. Right. This isn't a job that um, you do if you have if if everything else fails. If everything else fails, or that you do temporarily um, until, until the big get, ship comes in, or until yeah. the other big job comes along. Right. This it's is not the that. job. This is and this is the job. That's right. That they were going for, and it takes training. And it takes discipline, and it takes skill, 
um, and they're good jobs. And they're proud of them, and they're fulfilled. Yeah, and this was news to us. And this I think, and, and this has been coming up a lot um, in our conversations with other people um, about how the, um, our culture has really pushed these um, skilled technical jobs down. Skilled labor jobs, Skilled yeah. labor jobs. It's really been pushing them down to the point where, you know, we were, for a long time, we were trying to get everybody to go to four-year college. Everyone right. should go to four-year college. Right. And, and we stigmatize these jobs. And then in, in, in doing so, and I'm not sure if anybody did it on purpose, but we did stigmatize these things. Yeah. I remember there being a stigma on the tech school guys yeah. um, back in high school. That's right. And that's totally not fair. And it's, it's also a detriment to our society because... We need, guy, we need welders. <laughs> <laughs> we need plumbers. We, we, yeah. we, need, we need these skilled trades. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's too bad that, that we were kind of pushing them aside. Yeah. On the other hand, for you and I, just personally, and I think this was one of the goals of the project, that it was sort of an, un, um, an undefined goal for ourselves with this project in advance. We went into it knowing that we didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on there, who these people were, why they were doing what they were doing. And we went into it very, very open. And um, we listened. The project was always about listening. Mm. And we listened to what they had to say, and we watched them as they were talking about it, and we recorded those two things. And um, in the process, we allowed ourselves to be transformed in our thought yeah. so that we no longer are tied to this, um, you know, this kind of this notion, this notion that, that, um, this is something you do if you don't have any other choice. Right. Right. And and Mike was one of those that, that really pushed us over the edge there and made us, our eyes were definitely opening at that point. Um, not to mention the point that we were talking about all this, um, these things about these, these trades and, and this whole population of people really who we were kind of like not paying attention to. Right. And here comes, the election of 2016. That's right. When all of a sudden, everyone around us in our circles was saying, "What the hell happened? Right? How did how did this guy get voted in?" Right. And I'll use that as a prelude to some more more conversations we'll have um, as we as we hear more um, yeah. from these shipbuilders and yeah. about and about who they voted for and why. Yeah. And suddenly, it became very clear to us. Yeah. What happened in this election? Right. And it was. And it was right under our noses. Right. The whole time. Right. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us on Southgate Voices. <laughs> we'll be back with another one next week. Um, www.southgatefaces.com to check out the portraits. Also check us out on Instagram at Southgate Faces and Facebook at Southgate Faces. Bye. Bye. Let's do the commercials. Oh, gosh. Let's do the spots. Um, I'm not ready to do the spots. Are you? This podcast, uh, Southgate Voices, is brought to you by Heather Pear Photography. Go for it. <laughs> Heather is a commercial <laughs> photographer. Editorial. Commercial, editorial. All kinds of photography. Um, you can see her website at www.heatherperryphoto.com. Correct. And a lot of examples of her work are there. She's for hire. She doesn't do weddings. Um, not because I think they're they're not awesome, but because it's really hard. You're afraid of Bridezilla. Um, doing wedding photography. You know, say no more. It's Bridezilla. Very difficult, and I no, no, it's not no one's my in, skills. No one's gonna hold that against you. I am no. www.heatherperryphoto.com. Okay. Uh, uh, Southgate Voices is also brought to you by. 
Swim Vacation. <laughs> swim Vacation is a high-end adventure travel vacation for people who love the water. Both Hopper and I run these trips and we guide people on open water swimming adventures in where tropical you, places. Where, uh, where do you live during this week? You live on a boat in the British Virgin Islands or in the Bahamas or in the Ionian Sea in Greece or, or in a private beachside home in, get ready, are you ready? Okay. Hawaii. Come on. And we go swimming every day? Every day, twice a day. And how do I find out more? www.swimvacation.com. Thank you. All photos by Heather Perry.